Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 353, a fun live wellness in Wimberley episode that we're recording with our friends that participated in our workshop. Let's, Let's hear some noise. some noise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes. So you can hear it. Live audience. Awesome. Real humans. Yes. It's been so lovely. We're just wrapping up our first day and we're not going to talk too much about it in today's episode because these ladies are living it and men are living it and enjoying it right now in real time. Uh, But we do want to give some love to the sponsors of the event before we take our first question. Today's going to be a really fun Q&A style. Ask us anything live. Uh, And we're so grateful for all of the sponsors of our event. We opened up with a bone broth bar with Fond Bone Broth. They had their youth tonic with shiitake mushroom infusion and their liquid light, which is the turmeric black pepper blend. I was sipping on each of them throughout all morning. And we talked about the benefits of a protein-based fast. So sipping on Fond Bone Broth can provide you with electrolytes, can provide you with glycine, as well as glutamine for your gut and give you 20 grams of protein and provide you with still low calorie impact that could work for a protein sparing fast so tons of love to them and who else becky um redmond real salt so the salt that we used in today's recipes we absolutely love redmond their salt is mined out of salt caves in utah so you're not having all of the microplastic influence that we get from salt that comes from the ocean. And they provided in our swag bags today. I think we should like start unpacking a swag bag. Sure. Um, a two ounce right? shaker, a, a pocket shake. shaker. Yep. And some of their Relight, Relight electrolytes, which I love like dumping a scoop of that in a water bottle. Um, typically I'm using the unflavored version, um, but they've got some pretty clean like lime or lemon that in a pinch I would use that too. Absolutely. And then we have our friends from Force of Nature. I talked today in my functional medicine lecture about the importance of being an omnivore and how we need to eat snout to tail. Force of Nature makes it really easy. They have ancestral blends that incorporate organs into their ground meat blends, and they partner with all regenerative agriculture farms. So each participant is going to get a $20 value voucher to purchase any Force of Nature meat. Is this like Oprah and she's like, look under your seat. Oh yeah, look under your seat, everyone. (laughs) You can pull out as we walk through. Uh, And then we also have from Redmond, we missed this, their earth paste, their colloidal silver earth paste. So really good for balancing out your oral microbiome. And then we also got a charcoal beauty mask beyond their salt and their electrolytes. I'm going to use that tonight. Yes. And then we have from our friends Santa Cruz Medicinals. Uh, we have everybody got a CBD tincture, vanilla French, uh, French vanilla, I suppose, flavored CBD tincture. So great way to mellow out. We talked about the impact of anxiety and chronic stress on the body today. CBD is one way to help to get you back into that parasympathetic space. And then everyone also got two capsules of their deep sleep caps. These are amazing and they will have you waking up like Cinderella in the morning with a full qualitative deep sleep. So big wins there. All right. 
Anything else in that bag? It looks pretty heavy. Yes, from Wild <laughs> Foods. Everybody got a full-size Cocotropic, which is a huge value. This is a fabulous blend of raw cacao powder, turmeric, and maca. Maca is great for libido and also as an adaptogen for resilience and stamina. We have chaga and reishi mushroom in here as well. And it sips like a hot cocoa, or you could even do like a mocha. I like to take raw Jersey milk with this and make it like a midday iced latte. And then also from Wild Foods, we got an, an organ blend by Noble. Find that one, Stella. Stella's sitting next to me helping me unpack here. It's the red bag. And so this is another way to get your organs into your diet. And it's just like a desiccated powder. I Good haven't job, seen this Anna. yet. Is yes. that what it is? So yeah. yeah, it's an ancestral superfood blend of desiccated liver, heart, kidney, pancreas, and spleen. This can be added into a smoothie. It might be even more user-friendly than maybe like ground organ for yeah, a beginning user. Sure. Great way to get that nutrient density. I dig it. Yes. And last but not least, there's actually two last but not least, from Branch Basics, we have their dishwasher tablets. Oh, these uh, are really good. This is the cleaning <laughs> concentrate that I use throughout my home. Um, we're using it in the kitchen today. Their spray, um, anything from full surface to bathroom. It's just different dilutions all the way to glass. Very clean. It's mineral and vegetable-based cleaner. And I'm excited about the dish pods we use those in my home yeah, currently. And they're always sold out. So you guys got kind of in on the, the ground floor of it. You got a bag each. Yes. And then from Naturally Nourished Supplements, we gave you all a bottle of our herbal ginger syrup, which my throat could already use just one day into speaking. Yes. So, so good. <laughs> awesome. So mad love to all of our sponsors. As always, you can use Allie Miller RD to save on any of these brands if you missed out. And for those of you that participated, y'all get like $150 worth of goodies. So I hope you all enjoy. Yes. For you listeners, be here next time because the swag bag alone is always worth it. Awesome. Right, we like to hook it up. Okay. Let's start with our first question. Come on up to the microphone. Okay. Well, I'll kick off the um, questions. I actually, this is a three-part question okay so I'll, I'll start with this is about diet and lifestyle barriers so Ooh. the first part is what do you notice or experience as the biggest barriers to your clients improving on diet and lifestyle okay so you want to kick off with that or I'll kick off with that go I'll ahead. kick off go ahead I think the biggest barrier for positive outcomes on lifestyle are consistency and I, I spoke a little bit today about one of my favorite kind of analogies of this. A lot of people that want to achieve wellness are living in this space of mediocrity. And so if we don't achieve optimal, it's easy to slide from mediocre into terrible or crummy. Um, so once we achieve a taste of optimal health, we want to think about what are barriers to make this sustainable. Is it time? Is it prioritization? And is it consistency? And then what are some of those overreaching elements that pull us away from creating new rituals or new habits? I think like every time I do a 10-day detox and I lead a 10-day detox, which now I've done hundreds, I'm sure, um, we even think like every time that we do the 10-day detox, how we're moving this dial or this continuum closer to optimal health. I think of that as like a gateway entry. Um, but even personally, every time I do a 10-day cleanse, I think of what are two things I want to keep out that had slid into my diet or lifestyle and what are two things that I want to maybe bring in in abundance. So maybe I fell off of the green smoothie train 
morning and I realize how vibrant that makes me feel and that's something I really want to reprioritize. Or maybe we got a little bit lazy and we were stressed and we were dining out three times a week and I really like to dial that back to one time a week. So having that reflection and check in with yourself and using yourself as the primary progress I think is important, but consistency is absolutely key. And I would add to that that feeling like you have to do it all at once and just this like analysis paralysis of like okay well if I'm not drinking the right water then I shouldn't even bother making the smoothie or I shouldn't bother don't throw the baby out with the bath water like small steps you know get you to that consistency and get you to that progress that we're looking for you don't have to do it all at once start with one meal and every meal is a new choice to you know it's it's a new day to make a new choice and kind of move that needle further Yes, we, we also say perfection p- paralysis for sure yes. of like it having to be perfect or not at all. All or nothing tendency, I think, can absolutely be a destroyer. Yep. Okay, thank you. Um, so what foods are people most resistant to try um, as food for medicine approach and why, if you know? Yeah, I would go with as far as trying either bone broth or organs. Yeah. Um, And bone broth, I think it always was a a harder sell, especially before Fond came out. I think that their elixirs, are any of you guys that are here live new to Fond? Was that a new experience for you? No. Okay. Y'all are good. Okay. There we go. Okay. We've got one. So they are like different and lighter and brighter, I always say, than like hot meat juice. And I think especially in the heat of summer, we don't always crave sipping bone broth. Um, but using bone broth maybe in smoothies or we did today a um, cream of greens where we had lacinato kale blended in with garlic and white pepper. Uh, bone broth is just such a beautiful, supportive food for gut health, for skin health giving us collagen and glycine. I think it's a really great thing to incorporate, but there can be that like heat, hot meat juice deterrent. Yes. And then organs. I feel like it's like 10% of my clients will go, oh, I grew up eating liver and onions. I can do that. And then the rest are like, I'm not sure how to get that in. Um, And I think, you know, we don't have to just deal with this big chunk of liver. You know, that's not the best starting point. Um, I think going with a brand like Force of Nature that does an ancestral blend or shopping your farmer's market, finding a local, you know, producer that's actually doing a blend of organs plus ground meat. So it's not just like all organy organs Mm -hmm. (laughs) the whole time. Um, And these new, um, this new supplement from Wild Foods sounds like it could be a way to sneak it in too. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, Really liver is nature's multivitamin. It's so nutrient dense. And if we follow ancestral trends and we look at how animals consume other animals, they always go for that vital organ system first because that's where the most CoQ10 is, that's where the most rich source of B vitamins. And so really we don't need a lot to move um, significant value of nutrient density in our body. Um, and so incorporating small amounts you know, throughout the month could be very appropriate. And you can even dilute it in your own household, like in burger patties or meatballs. Yeah, and I would add to this list um, sardines. <laughs> and if that made you make a face out there, yeah, I see a few. Um, sardines and or fish in general. I think fish can be a hard sell. And we really advocate for like two to three times a week getting fish into the diet. Um, Sardines, I recommend doing like a half sardine, half tuna salad that will have to go in the low carb kids yeah. book because my, my kids will we eat that. We haven't talked about the book um, yet on the podcast. Oh, so. Okay. Shh. You'll learn about it soon. 
That was Intel for these people. It's Intel, but nobody knows what we're talking about. Um, but doing like one can of sardines and then one can of salmon or tuna mm-hmm. or something that you're used to eating and just doing that in the same old recipe with like the, you know, primal kitchen mayo and the celery and, you know, all of the good seasonings, you won't even know the sardines are there. So hot tip. And you're going to get really bioavailable calcium because you're getting that bone matrix. Mm-hmm. And as we talk about bone health, that's really a great choice for mineral density. When we made our rosemary lemon white bean dip today in our breakout groups, we talked about how that could be done as like a Caesar approach. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that thick dip could be thinned out with adding olive oil. And then that'd be a great vehicle to have those sardines or anchovies on. Yeah. And we have a whole podcast actually on um, getting more fish in your diet if you're like a little bit fish phobic or just don't know how to incorporate it and we can link the youtube video on how to prepare and pan sear yeah that can be intimidating okay next question okay and actually there was oh, a, there's a, a third. third okay let's but go i think you answered most of it okay but i think the end of it is um like well i'll just read the question uh, is the resistance mostly about taste or is it related to something else like not knowing how to cook the food okay yeah so well that, i think we did yeah. we gave you both <laughs> but i love that yes and so i think it is equal and, and we talked about in our stations we did breakouts on dips and the importance of understanding the balance of flavors. So do you need to add more acid? Do you need to add more salt? And if you can't make real food taste good, that's for sure not gonna lead to positive outcomes because you're like white knuckling the process. You have to have mindful indulgences within your food as medicine process so that you're enjoying and looking forward to and indulging while you're nourishing. Hi, friends. Hey. I would like to know, and I know a lot of my friends want to know what labs are available because we want to test, not guess. Yes. Uh, what can they tell us, and what are you looking for, and then how often should we repeat after we test? Okay. So it's important first to understand when you're getting labs drawn by a standard general practitioner that you know when they run what's called a comprehensive metabolic panel yes it it has the word comprehensive in it but it is far from it Um, most serum blood tests are really a snapshot there are some out there we had mentioned the hemoglobin a1c percentage which is about a three-month average of blood sugar but most blood draws by your doctor is going to be a true snapshot i mean we can see dynamic fluctuations and changes and really we're just looking at a snapshot with a comp for instance of where electrolytes are at where kidney and liver health is at Um, but we're not getting a true assessment of nutrient status or really of markers of optimal health Um, and so when we look at micronutrients for instance we don't look at serum we look at what's called a white blood cell proliferation Um, so we're actually looking at lymphocytes this is a fancy word for a type of a white blood cell that will allow us to see the storage of a nutrient intracellularly and so this is looking more at a two to three month average of your nutrition status on nutrients like selenium and zinc and riboflavin and coq10 and glutathione you name it this sweet looks at 40 different micronutrients including antioxidants minerals and vitamins and we really use this as a good annual health assessment because when I look at micronutrient deficiencies I don't just say you're low in these six things let's give you these six supplements I'm trying to understand what the body's telling me why are you low in these six nutrients and what is the mechanism or what is the imbalance in your body that's driving this trend and so we can really get to that root cause and resolve so for instance 
instance, we might see someone that's pre-diabetic and having thinning hair, and um, we see that they're low in biotin and vitamin K. Well, vitamin K plays a role with insulin sensitivity. Biotin plays a role with blood sugar metabolism and hair health. But both of those nutrients are manufactured in the gut, in the colon. And so if I see deficiency of those and maybe glutamine, um, which is also a fuel source for our gut cells, then I'm not just giving them my GI lining support, my B complex, and my vitamin D balance blend with K1 and K2. I would do that to get them above water as quickly as possible. But then we're also going to say, we need to look into your gut and work with things like bone broth and an elimination diet to offset the inflammation in the gut that's interfering with that nutrient production system, if that makes sense. So I love a micronutrient test because it allows us to see weak points or basically buckets to look into or rocks to pick up to really understand in a functional medicine approach to resolve. Yes. And that would be like my annual, like if we run one lab, Mm -hmm. kind of a general overall you know, stamp of of wellness, if you will, um, and really allows us to like if we fell into taking twenty seven different supplements because we heard this was good on Doctor Axe's podcast, and then you know you don't know why you're taking them. You can kind of look at what's actually going on with the trends of my body and get ahead of those, replete them, and kind of connect the dots a little bit further. Absolutely, and then you know if we're looking at someone that's dealing with mood disturbances or sex hormone imbalance like maybe they're perimenopausal or they're dealing with infertility or abnormal menstrual cycle or a man that's having ed or testosterone decline we would definitely look at the labrix neurohormone complete or complete plus panel this is a combination of a four-point saliva test as well as urine the urine looks at your neurotransmitters and the saliva looks at the steroid hormones so we look at cortisol at four different times throughout the day we look at dh we look at three different types of estrogen in women so we look at that primary estradiol but we also look at estrone which picks up during menopause and we look at estriol which is an antagonist and sets off estrogen dominance we also look at progesterone which often declines before estrogen does and progesterone is a natural anxiolytic anxiety reducer fluid reducer so it works as a diuretic in the body and then we test testosterone within that as well and then in the neurotransmitters we look at serotonin and GABA are anti-anxiety mood stabilizing balancers we look at our catecholamines or our stress responding chemicals and then we look at a couple different um, amino acid markers to look at neurotransmitter impact sure and that's a test like you said would be done if you suspect imbalance if you're you know postpartum for example and having a hard time rebounding maybe a year out Um, and then we usually repeat depending on what we're looking to achieve within six months to a year, I would say, on that test. Especially if working with bioidentical hormone. So a big thing that I have an issue with in the world of HRT or hormone replacement therapy is when you see a doctor and they just write a script and then they never test your estrogen to see if you're going estrogen dominant. They're like, oh, just put this vaginal insert in or use this patch or take right, this oral and adjust the dose year and we're not year. monitoring yeah. how the liver is metabolizing that dosage and what's actually occurring on a cellular level and that's an important thing to call out as well when we're testing sex hormone if we're testing the serum which again most OBGYNs are just going to test your serum meaning a blood draw um, the blood draw is only looking at bound hormone because that's the only way that we can assess hormone in a serum draw when we're looking at what's happening on a cellular level we actually want to look at free hormone bound hormone can actually not dock to a receptor 
receptor site. And so we're looking at 98% worthless information in a blood serum assessment if your doctor's saying, where's your estradiol at? You can absolutely see very excessive estrogen sure. on a panel like that, but you cannot assess a declining estrogen level, which might require bioidentical estrogen um, on just a serum draw. All right, and then I think, you know, other entry points if we're dealing with um, GI issues, so if we're dealing with bloating, distension, bowel irregularities, um, we might enter into looking at a stool test or um, an inflammatory food panel. Um, So we do a stool test and we don't actually collect it we send a nice little kit to you that you can do at home um somebody in here calls it or some one of our friends calls it the sexy stool test yeah Mm -hmm. um the sexy stool test it's a three-day assessment so it's like really getting in there and we're looking at bacterial populations we're looking at is there you know pathogenic levels of yeast present is this individual making ample digestive enzymes to break down their food are there byproducts of digestion that we're seeing that are off? Um, are there inflammatory markers that are elevated or are we seeing leaky gut? And that's like a really deep mm-hmm. dive assessment for someone, especially dealing with like inflammatory bowel disease, et cetera. We probably wouldn't like start there yeah. with the average person dealing with a little bit of occasional bloat. Um, we'd probably have them go into our beat the bloat. Absolutely program as kind of an entry point because it's a little bit more um, cost affordable and it's going to get you results faster. So we don't need to like come in. I have clients who come in and they're like, I want every test you do. And I'm like, you are going to be really overwhelmed with all of that information. Over the next two years, we can do all of the tests. Sure. Let's figure out which bucket you fall into first, right? Yeah. I always say the information is only as sexy as the application of it. And so to have expensive functional labs, but have conflicting interventions or a multitude of interventions that aren't achievable means you're just collecting dust on expensive paper. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, the goal is, yes, I I think starting with some preliminary interventions, if you think that you have an area of, of insult. So if you're worried about gut health, start with our probiotic challenge first and foremost because you might just need good robust microbiome support if you feel like you fail the probiotic challenge then you'd go right into that beat the bloat program and uh, use that supplement bundle to kind of plow and reset yes Um, and then there's inflammatory food testing which would be kind of another bucket if we're dealing with digestive distress um, or any inflammatory condition that we haven't been able to kind of put our finger on and and pin down. Um, Autoimmune disease also would be kind of another one of those buckets that I'd probably have that individual go straight to an MRT inflammatory food panel. Yes, and we're big proponents of that over like the Alcat or IgG panels. And we can link in today's show notes that YouTube, we did like a 25-minute mm-hmm. deep dive on why we use the MRT test and we went through navigating results and how it can be applied. Okay. Okay. Next question. What's your best advice for someone doing IVF? Okay. So for doing IVF, um, one of the big things we want to think about is egg health for sure. Uh, So I think of cellular antiox as a key formula. This is N-acetylcysteine or NAC. Uh, paired with glutathione. Um, And NAC and glutathione are the master antioxidants. Uh, It also has some B6 in there to aid in the conversion of NAC into glutathione. And when we're thinking about egg retrieval in the IVF 
process, as well as healthy implantation, we want to think of keeping oxidative stress low because oxidative stress will actually age or break down and have less viable eggs. Uh, also, we'll see damage to the fertilized eggs at a higher rate if there's more oxidative stress because that yields inflammation. So that would be a huge player. CoQ10, we actually see on the rise in IVF clinics now because of that similar mechanism. So I would layer in like a 200 to 400 milligram dose of CoQ10 to support in a different mechanism pathway as an antioxidant. I would look at supporting supple uterine tissue through a proteolytic enzyme. So our product Inflamazyme, which has botanical compounds and proteolytic enzymes. This would help with fibroids. This would help with ovarian cysts. But basically for healthy implantation, we want to make sure that there is supple tissue. Um, and so we also would use Inflamazyme after injury or surgery to support repair without scarring or fibroids or, or kind of thickening that would be unfavorable. Yep. We just did an episode pretty recent on um, fertility. It was keto and fertility, but we kind of went down the rabbit hole on on all of our interventions um, with IVF or even with someone who's maybe considering IVF and dealing with infertility. So I'll link that in the show notes. We also have our women's hormone webinar where we talked a little bit about that as well as a good resource for listeners. Yes. And then I would have some panels run, especially if you're already investing in the process. I would advocate for your clinic to run these, but I would make sure you most definitely have a C-reactive protein run to look at inflammation status in the body. I would have an ANA run to see if there's autoimmune stuff going on in your body because sometimes the body is going to attack in the time of implantation. I would get a full thyroid panel tacked yes. on there for sure. Yes. Um, and we have a YouTube video of like what markers you want to look at in a thyroid panel. And if you've had issues um, and have had failed attempts of IVF, then I would advocate for that MRT inflammatory food panel, looking at the 180 foods and chemicals that you're consuming and what's driving inflammation in your body, because we'd want to downregulate that inflammation and be empowered with food as medicine to support a healthy implantation. And my last piece of advice is in this world to surrender. This is going to be shocking to my audience. Um, I'm not saying trust the science. Let me be very clear with that verbiage, because <laughs> trust the science is an absolute incongruity statement we should always test and continue to discover and question hypotheses that's what science requires but I do think that if you're going through the process of IVF that you have to surrender to the science to some level because you are relying on a scientific process and you have to make peace with that a lot of my clients are so gung-ho of like you know again doing everything as natural as possible and you've, you've surrendered yourself to a non-natural process and you have to make peace with that and come up with a way of, of surrendering so that your body doesn't have that anxiety response or that battling response and then we can absolutely balance out hormones reset the body following it but you kind of have to surrender to the science during that process sure and then making sure that you've created the most hospitable environment possible for nurturing said baby however they get there right um, making sure you're on a quality prenatal like our multi-avail mama um, a omega-3 supplement that's high in dha like our epa dha extra um, and then layering on a baseline probiotic we have a bundle called the mama to be bundle and that would be ivf or just trying to conceive or pregnant breastfeeding like all of the the stages and I would add in our women's probiotic 
Uh, it's really fantastic. We were just talking to our naturally nourished ambassadors about it, and we have a lot of studies on that Lactobacillus rutery and the Lactobacillus raminus strains that are in our women's flora probiotic, and um, that is really supportive of uh, preventing early term pregnancy and also uh, supporting fertility because if there is dysbiosis in that uterine and vaginal space, uh, the pH can be off and that can also interfere with fertility outcomes. All right, let's next, the next question. question. Hello, ladies. My question is what strategies would you recommend for dealing with long lasting impacts from viruses like Epstein Barr? Okay, so the first thing I would bring in is immunoglobulins because your immune system needs to be primed and nourished. So immunoglobulins could be found in raw milk. Immunoglobulins could be found in our non-denatured grass-fed whey. Immunoglobulins would, of course, be found in colostrum through breast milk for a baby. Uh, and immunoglobulins could be taken in a concentrated form like in our GI immune builder product. That is serum bovine immunoglobulins. And what immunoglobulins do is they help the surveillance of the immune system to work appropriately. So when we take serum bovine immunoglobulins or use something like our GI immune builder, for instance, this helps the immune system to better battle a pathogen. So this could be a viral infection, this could be a co-infection. This could be debris from past infection that the immune system continues to upregulate an inflammatory response to, like with long haul. Um, this could also be downregulating excessive reactions to foods. So we see when we prime individuals with our GI immune builder that they often have less food sensitivity. This is a great formula we use with kiddos with eczema, for instance, or even with food allergy. So actually an IgE response of an immediate hypersensitivity to things like shellfish or peanuts or um, eggs. These can all be offset and downregulated when we reset that immunoglobulin pathway. Um, so that would be my first and foremost. And then I would go into kind of lymph and, and detox as the next area of focus. Yep. Um, so going through like our 10 day detox protocol that's come totally. up a few times here um, at today's event, um, but actually going through a you know nutritionally supported detox program and even keeping the detox packs that you're using during that program in for a good while. Yeah. Um, I have some of my either vaccine injured clients or my long haul COVID clients on two packs a day because I'm like, we just need to keep clearing that stuff up mm -hmm. and out of the body, but for quite some time. Yeah, I would say at least 90 days or three months worth of one pack a day. And you might even do the first sure. 30 days of two packs yeah. a day following a 10 day detox and the regimen of pack use with that. Yeah. And then green tea, I love as a lymphatic booster. We can link our episode on all about the lymph where we talk about castor oil packs um, and we talk about things like rebounding and vibrating in the body. Um, any way that you can break up and support that lymphatic drainage is going to help with a long-term infection. Yep. Um, and I'll also link our long haul COVID episode because a lot of this stuff, it doesn't really matter what the virus is called. A lot of it kind of presents in the same way and, and the support tends to lean into the same kind of buckets of supporting the gut, supporting the immune response, the lymph, et cetera. I would add on to that, um, looking into a probiotic challenge and or just doing the beat the bloat yeah. protocol. Um, this comes up time and time again when we're talking about any kind of infection, co-infection. We have an episode coming out on Lyme here pretty soon. Mm -hmm. that, that was kind of one of our um, big picture interventions as well. So I would look into the gut too. 
Yeah, and then like secondary dysbiosis for sure yeah. is very common. And the last thing I would look into with that is adrenals because following a long-term infection, you're often going to have cortisol insufficiency. So maybe considering like an adrenal glandular to get that cortisol back on track, that'll help to offset the inflammatory processes. All right, next question. Hi, guys. And Sarah, I have a t-shirt for you because you brought the most guests. <laughs> I didn't even think about it enough on air, but it's coming. Okay, I'll give it okay. to you, you before the day canceled, ends. But I still have a, a big You still grip. brought the best crew. Um, okay, ways to lower a 45-year-old male's liver enzymes. Okay, so if we see ALT or AST up on that comp, that's what's often drawn, and, and that would be probably an indicator for a doctor to say, oh, you look like you're heading towards fatty liver. They might refer you out to a, a hepatologist um, to look at more of a comprehensive liver assessment, which would hopefully include like a GGT. Um, so when we're looking at liver function, we want to first and foremost, make sure that the individual is not consuming fructose in a concentrated form. <laughs> So that would be the number one thing because we see that fructose is a hepatotoxin. Um, so this would be soda drinkers, basically. It was the first thing that I would attack. I'm not talking about the natural fruit sugars in your berries. I'm talking about concentrates of fructose. So watch out for any sweetened beverages that would have high fructose corn syrup or fructose solids. Avoid those like the plague and start to also check into blood sugar balance. We would want to think of things that drive bile flow. So doing maybe like a lemon and olive oil shooter in the morning would be lovely. A tablespoon of each is a really great way to drive bile. Um, an apple cider vinegar shooter could also be a really good approach for getting those liver enzymes down. And most definitely in the supplement world, it would be back to those Reset, Restore, Renew 10-day detox packs. Having the individual doing an extended, maybe doing a full 20-day detox. I didn't mention alcohol, but of course, we would look into alcohol consumption and other toxins if we feel like the fructose is not relevant. And um, generally, though, following that like 20-day, 10 uh, or to even 10-day detox and keeping the packs in, we'll start to see those liver enzymes significantly come down. Yep. And I would add on some glutathione and NAC support yep. um, in the form of our cellular antioxidants for that individual as well. Um, we actually have a whole episode. It's like way back on liver health. We've done several on detox in, in recent past, but I will link that in today's show notes all about liver health. And we're probably due for another one here soon. Lovely. And cimilarin, there's a lot of yeah. research on cimilarin, which is the active constituent in milk thistle. Uh, we have that in our detox packs. So I kind of include that all in that bundle. Uh, but you could even bring in milk thistle in a higher concentrated dosage, uh, like in a tincture form by Herb Farm. And we have seen cimilarin to actually support hepatocytes or liver cells into regeneration. All right, next up. Um, how to bring light and stay grounded during stressful events and not let anger or fear take over. Okay. That's I, a good one. I know. It's like, oh, I actually made some notes on this one. So I'm like, I got to refer to myself here. <laughs> so I think that this is a really good question because often we can kind of get into the Debbie Downer space or we can often find ourselves, um, goodness, being concerned about like 
what's going on in the status of the world. And I think that the first thing that comes to mind to me is uh, that I heard from a pastor that I follow is trusting in God. Um, when we get too focused on politics and we're like, our candidate didn't win, what's wrong? We have to remember that if, if we trust in God, that God is sovereign, God is all-knowing, and that there's always a plan. So even when things feel dark or things feel daunting or it feels like there's evil or jerks in charge at certain times and spaces, we have to know that God has a purpose for that and that sometimes pressure makes diamonds, right? Or sometimes darkness creates much more of a rebound of light and where we can focus to magnetize the light. I think that we all probably in this room saw this to some way, shape or form in what I call the bad season, you know, where there was a lot of fear, a lot of messaging and those that didn't want to hear it kind of pivoted away. We may have had some lost or changes in relationships, but those that retained became really, really strong. Um, And we became very resilient in this approach. I think beyond kind of on a spiritual psychological level, taking the the idea of being prepared, not scared. So when we're thinking of our food system, you know, is Bill Gates buying all of the farmland? It looks like it. And is he telling us that we should be eating fake Petri dish meats? Well, they did just get approved by the FDA. Um, You know, so these things are happening for sure. I've had someone in my market recently just say like, so do we never eat out at restaurants? Do we, are we never gonna eat out at a restaurant? And I said, well, first off, we shouldn't rely on restaurants. I think that our bodies are resilient. We were put here on earth during this time to, again, magnetize the light and we nourish and make the choices that we can. I think that one of the best things you can do is make direct relationships with your growers and ranchers so that you have an actual connection that's human, that's not just financial. Um, And that really helps to retain food security. And that keeps you also nourishing the families that are doing directly the hard work at a fair wage. Um, And that goes into that whole kind of prepared, not scared boat. I think being prepared, not scared in the world of functional medicine and nourishing your body intentionally and purposefully, tapping into your stress access and making sure that your body has pockets of feeling safe and grounded. And that would take me to my last recommendation, which is finding something greater than yourself and even other people in your life, right? So God would be there for sure, right? But beyond that, like how do you experience God in a daily level? Um, And so how do you experience things that are greater than you? One thing that comes to mind is on my property out here in Wimberley, um, I found these really cool uh, shell looking things and I had asked an orchard specialist that was helping us with our fruit orchard I asked him, you know, like, do do people like dump these here on the land for like calcium and like I'm thinking of like mineral deposits in the soil. And he was like, no, that's like from like a mollusk from 150 million years ago when the ocean was over your property. Um, And so like just picking something like that up and holding that in your hand and thinking about the timestamp of 150 million years (laughs) and what our snapshot of contribution to the earth is, um, something like that is just like this explosive mind for me experience of how insignificant our stressors can be and how grand other elements are. And so finding things that bring us awe, driving through this valley, I hope you take a moment, um, well, keep your hands on the wheel, but keep a moment, take a moment to like lose your breath in, in nature's beauty stargazing out here is a dark sky community it we are on 3g there's no 5g right now in our nervous system and when we sit outside in the stars i hope we get a good star night i mean that cosmic relationship of again feeling so so tiny can also make us feel so so big and connected to something greater and so that's where i go when i feel like i want to see the light 
I like it. All right. Next up. So I have a, a daughter in her mid-20s, newly married, and I'm curious, what could she be doing now to support herself to get ready for one day in a couple of years when she's ready to conceive and have a baby? I love that question. Yeah. yeah. You want to I mean, and that? it starts as soon as we start thinking about it, like as soon as we possibly can. Sure. Um, stay off birth control, if at all possible. Um, yeah, I would or, say as it quickly as possible. Yeah. Get or, to know the rhythm of your body. Yeah, yep. Um, and that can be, you know, starting with like one of the period cycle tracking mm-hmm. apps, love them or hate them. Um, just plugging your cycle in and figuring out when you're ovulating, if you're ovulating, you know, what it feels like to be ovulating so mm-hmm. that you don't actually have to rely on that app forever. Um, and looking at, you know, any abnormalities in that rhythm and seeking to correct. So like really getting grounded with a solid, you know, 26 to 28 day to 30 day cycle um, that is, you know, relatively pain-free and symptom-free. Um, and if it's not going in and, and kind of, you know, addressing that bucket and maybe getting some hormone lab testing done um, so that you've laid that foundation now, right? Most definitely. Um, and then nutrient status, I think, is the other really big one. Um, so, you know, starting on a prenatal, even if you're not thinking about babies at this active moment, or at least a really good quality multivitamin with a suite of methylated B vitamins is huge. Uh, but really nothing wrong with taking a prenatal like out of the gate, I don't think. Right. Can help hair, skin, nails, yep. of course, yep. a little bit more. Uh, but our multi-defense with iron would be totally appropriate. Uh, but we do say that you want to be on a prenatal at least a year prior to trying to conceive and so you know depending on the window if she's married if that's kind of within a year kind of goal the multi-avail mama could be a big key and then uh i would say the relax and regulate would be my next focus and that's because that myo-inositol is so supportive on ovarian health and that's really great at balancing out female hormones as well sure um, women's flora probiotic, I would Same. throw that in there um, as well, like we talked about with the IVF question, um, prevention of STDs and reduction of pelvic inflammation in addition to everything else that we talked about of kind of creating that correct you know, pH of the vagina. Um, anything else? Yeah, and, and I was just going to say on that, even cervical cancer risk mm-hmm. can be reduced when you have a good status of the lactobacillus ruteri. Uh, and so the women's flora would be fabulous for anyone that's had HPV or, again, for another 20-year-old or someone that's sexually active and not married and maybe has different partners exactly because of the STD prevention. We've seen that when the individual is at higher oxidative stress, that they're more vulnerable to infection in general. Sure. Um, and then a really high antioxidant diet, um, really getting in there with the organ meats if we can get her to do some organs um, or at least you know grass-fed red meat several times a week and maybe doing like one of those ancestral liver blends in there um, incorporating those two to three servings of fish you know every week um, high antioxidant foods so two to three cups of leafy greens daily you're going to get a lot of folate there too avocado would be fabulous dark chocolate for magnesium, you know, basically like, like we ate today, right? Yes. (laughs) Love it. All right. Next question. If you could pick one thing for people to focus on for the rest of the year, what would it be? For example, one detox, supplements, et cetera. One thing. Go ahead. Okay. Well, mine's easy. Mine would be on tuning in to yourself. Uh, And so again, 
really taking the time to do some self inventory. I like to sign assign my clients like a brain dump, like a weekly brain dump where they just note a check-in on their digestion, a check-in on their sleep, a check-in on their mood, and maybe a check-in on their mental status, so like cognitive clarity or brain fog, and then a little bit of an overhaul review of their diet. Like I did great at meeting my protein, I felt like energy levels were solid, or I realized that I had higher carbs than desired and I had more cravings, or I've picked up nighttime eating out of the blue, I'm gonna shift and go upstairs earlier. Um, and so it's just a little bit of a way because we often find ourselves sliding on these continuums and we reflect back and we're like, what was I doing in March when I was totally killing it? Um, and so when you keep these brain dumps, it's great because you can reflect them back. Um, you could be a written journal or a Google doc where you just put the date in. And then if you have biomarkers that you want to track in addition to that, like maybe you're testing ketones um, or maybe you're taking a weekly weight, this is a great way to have that accountability and consistency. And again, using yourself and your own feedback of your body of what's working best for you. Do I have to answer this one too? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say get to know where your food's coming from. Yeah. Um, and really prioritize sourcing. Um, so whether that's like you starting an actual herb garden, you know, and that could be in pots in, you know, your little balcony, or that could be an actual couple of raised beds that we're adding and maybe doing some vegetable gardening as well. Um, I think that's a great way going back to that question about darkness and connecting to God, like getting your hands in yeah. dirt, um, I think is really, really important. And it's really nice to be able to be like, I made this, I grew this, I made this thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. happen, come to life. And absolutely, especially if you have kiddos in your household, mm -hmm. the more experiential that kids have in the growing process and the culinary process, they're much more prone to experience, be a taste adventurer and incorporate these things with joy. And I think that's the last thing that I'd add on this is this like positive perspective and enjoyment in the process. Like no one drug dragged you here, right? You don't have to do a 10 day detox. You don't have to eat gluten free. You don't have to incorporate organs into your diet. You're not a victim of this. You have the education and the ability to be empowered and to feel amazing and vibrant in your body. And that in itself is the greatest gift. That is that ultimate food freedom high of, of why we're all here. Um, and so maintaining that positive perspective of I get to, not I have to cook dinner. I get to. I am blessed with the opportunity to cook a delicious meal for my family. And I am blessed with the access to ranchers and growers that do such hard work working the land to ensure that they're making integrity-based food items that I feel good about nourishing in my household. Awesome. Next. All right. Um, what advice do you have for resetting the gut to aid in hormone balance and weight loss? All right. So I think we talked a little bit about, well, the super sexy stool test. Uh, but basically the first um, focus that I would do is the probiotic challenge. Uh, you know, we've seen actually that there's an estrobolome. Uh, so when we're looking at sex hormone and we're looking at weight, we think about the metabolic and hormonal impact on the microbiome. And the estrobolome is basically the microbiome's influence on estrogen metabolism. So we actually reabsorb estrogen through our intestines, um, through our gut blood barrier. And we see often that that can get imbalanced when we have dysbiotic flora. 
Uh, probiotics play a role with production of nutrients and assimilation of nutrients from food. So they basically help us to break down food particles to absorb nutrients. They also support our body in detoxifying and they support our immune system in upregulating processes to combat pathogen. Um, so natural killer cells, for instance, are enhanced by good probiotic flora. Um, so I would start first with a probiotic challenge. And the way that we do this is three days baseline with no probiotics and then each three-day increment we increase by 15 billion CFUs and so we use our restore baseline probiotic in that challenge you start with one capsule at bed then you do two capsules at bed three and then for the last three days you're doing four capsules at bed and you look for a correlation we do three-day increments especially because we know that you can have changes in your food or stress or um, other impacts that could influence as a fluctuation and we want to see a strong correlation of an increase of bloating distension an unfavorable bowel shift there can be other things that can serve as fluctuations outside of the microbiome so we use these three to increments so you can see a strong trend um, and if you see that things get improved then you just need a good quality probiotic and you would take a higher dose like our targeted strength if things go worse you would do that beat the bloat cleanse and what's beautiful about that is there's compounds like we actually have sage and we've talked about in research that sage actually can support uterine tissue change berberine can be used to combat fibroids and to aid in estrogen metabolism so even though you're working on the microbiome as a plow you're also going to be working in the world of blood sugar because berberine is also a hypoglycemic or a blood sugar lowering compound we've seen research comparing metformin which is a primary diabetic drug to berberine with similar outcomes on blood sugar lowering but berberine has better influence on the liver and better influence on cholesterol regulation um, so beat the bloat cleanse would be a really good active way if we felt like things were off yep and then i'd say supporting gut lining integrity uh, would be the next thing so sipping on that lovely fond bone broth that we were all enjoying earlier today um, incorporating collagen and or gelatin into the diet um, to really aid in that, you know, oopy goopy gut support, um, fuel for our enterocytes, and then our GI lining um, support, which provides glutamine, which fuels those little gut cells um, and kind of rebuilding, um, as well as DGL and um, aloe to kind of heal and seal the gut. Totally. All right. Next question. Let's hear it. Hi. So can you share some of your top tips to combat the effects of EMF 5G from both a lifestyle and a nutritional standpoint? Yeah. So what we're worried about mechanistically is the oxidative stress again. And so just like we used as a reference in the world of IVF or fertility, Oxidative stress, basically, the easiest way to describe this is that EMF drives oxidation um, and it drives free radical shift. And so if we think of things like we've heard on commercials like pollutants, and so these free radicals create aging on your skin. Um, if we think of an analogy or I guess a good visualization of an antioxidant, I like using guacamole uh, being in Texas. So if you cut an avocado, it's going to brown on the surface at where that cut was. And that's because oxygen is interacting with that flesh and it's starting to age, right? That same process is actually mimicked down to the level of our DNA. So in a cellular level, all the way down to how our DNA replicates. Oxidative stress will interfere with optimal processes. Well, when you add vitamin C in the form of lime to your guacamole, 
guacamole, what happens? It stays vibrant green. So you're adding an antioxidant to prevent that oxidative stress. And that's a very like strong in your face visual that we've all experienced. So an abundant of an antioxidant rich diet would be one of the first things. And then adding in antioxidants in the world of food as medicine boosts. So this would mean like adding turmeric, like my mangoes and fuego um, nut balls that are at the market across the way, or the turmeric into the bone broth, right? Um, adding in um, tea would be a fabulous boost of antioxidant in the body. So matcha would be a big concentrated boost of green tea, EGCG compounds and catechins. Adding herb seasonings and spices liberally, so not like those quarter teaspoons, but um, just like they do in more um, you know different countries of, of a different type of culinary approach, they're throwing spices and seasonings at things. Um, so like our chicken tiki masala, using inspired Thai Indian dishes would be a great way to get higher antioxidant status. Um, and that's on the nutritional level because we've seen in studies actually on a cellular level that that's the biggest process is that EMF drives oxidative damage. Um, so this is why in our multi-defense, and that would be one thing, you know, beyond like leaning into the prenatal, um, the multi-defense is not just a multi-mineral and multivitamin, but what makes it defense in there is that it has a 13 phytocompound antioxidant blend integrated into the multivitamin. So you're getting this antioxidant suite along with your daily standard multi, and that's a really good first line of defense. And then we'd go for the big wigs of the antioxidants, so like cellular antioxidants, of course, which is the NAC and glutathione blend as the highest antioxidant boost. We would bring in things like super turmeric, CoQ10, um, and then bio C plus as big players to keep that antioxidant status up. Yep. And then shutting off the Wi-Fi. So yeah. if you're, you know, blessed to be able to install a Wi-Fi kill switch and know about this ahead of time, um, or just turning your phone into airplane mode, sleeping with it like out of the room, or just unplug your Wi-Fi router at night. Mm -hmm. It drives my husband nuts because he has everything like smart wired in our house. And I'm like, haha, you're going to have to reset in the morning. But so it goes. Um, everything still works. And then keeping devices like off of your yes. body um, as much as possible. So if we're doing a laptop on your lap, you want something that's a barrier like we both use. Um, it's called a Hara pad, um, an EMF kind of blocking device. Um, or on our phones, Allie and I both safe have sleeves. these nerdy little like safe sleeves that help to block EMF as and radiation. well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we're actually going to have an EMF expert come on the podcast here soon, I think, too, because this is such a deep dive bucket of there's so much information. <laughs> yeah. And I would just say watch out for the uh, biohacking health supporting yes, things yep. that can come with. Like, for instance, I just got a sunlight and sauna and I went to... Uh, I guess, models behind the newest model because of the EMF. And so I was like, well, I want the infrared sauna, but I also don't need to have like Wi-Fi radio coming through my mm -hmm. sauna. Um, I'm here just to detox um, and get the cardiovascular support. And so, you know, thinking through some of these uh, and especially wearables, that's one of my biggest thing that I've been on recently is like wearable devices, smartwatches. We don't need to have things connected to us that are monitoring our health at all times. You know, I think a CGM is something worth playing with and using that does not have any EMF obviously um, but being mindful of some of these kind of new age things because sometimes they come with too much technology yes we just did an, an episode if y'all missed it called um, toxic habits I think or yes. are your ha habits toxic that really is a good one to listen to about 
the wearables as a former, you know, Fitbit person that I no longer wear it. <laughs> and back to the 20s something pregnancy thing, we've seen studies, I'll link a study mm -hmm. on EMF specifically, and they looked at different tissues of the body and they looked at men that wear their phones in their pockets um, or on their belts and they saw higher rates of prostate cancer and they also saw uh, testicle issues, um, inflammation in the testicles, and they also saw um, sperm deficiency. All right, next question. Is this the last one? I don't know. I think so. Is there anybody is else it? with a burning question one. out there? I think it's the last one. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. This is a little different. Okay. <laughs> She's not claiming it. <laughs> um, I've recently read that the Siete products have harmful ingredients. And I myself have noticed stiffness in my joints if I eat their crackers or their tortillas, their flour to almond flour tortillas. Um, and I know everything in moderation, I don't eat them very often, but I wondered what you guys thought about, I know it's a processed food. Yeah, good, better, best. Okay, good, I think that's a great question. So I would say, you know, first off, uh, I have seen a lot more responses to cassava, just generally speaking, than almond flour. Cassava is kind of finding its way into a lot of these like health halo processed foods. So like Hue, for instance, crackers uses cassava. Um, a lot of these kind of like chippy, crunchy products will use that as a flour that's lower carb. Um, and it's a tuber, it's a root vegetable. Um, but I have seen that to cause a little bit more inflammation in bowels for some individuals. Um, I would say as far as the Siete products, as far as their tortillas, we'd probably be watching out for maybe like the guar gum. It's possible that also immunologically that there's an immune sensitivity to almond and that maybe we would do better with an alternate form uh, and I would just say that someone's superfood can be someone else's kryptonite and this is why we can't get super doctrine of like almond better than um, I would definitely say just for the record <laughs> if we're talking about like a store-bought flour or a store-bought corn and it, you know we're talking about like genetically modified corn and all those things Definitely not going to recommend that to anyone, but some individuals might do better with a stone ground heirloom blue corn tortilla that's activated with lime and is sprouted. And that might be superior to some individuals than the almond flour siete tortilla. And that could be less processing steps. That could be literally made close to from scratch, like hand milled and stone ground. And um, that could absolutely be appropriate, even though it would kind of, quote unquote, break one of my food doctrine rules. The anti-anxiety diet is corn as one of the top five. Um, but I know good, better, best. And even my husband, Brady, will often say like, oh, every time I eat a gluten free pizza, it like blows me up. Um, but like regular, I feel like if I had a slice of regular pizza, I'd be fine. And he's sitting here and he doesn't like my dude, <laughs> his, my Brady dude voice. Did. Like, every time I'm gonna, I eat regular I'm pizza. edit this out. I don't, I don't know about this gluten free option. Um, and I'm like, like, well, maybe just don't eat any of the pizza, babe. Just eat the toppings off and eat a salad <laughs> with me. Um, but so I just, just to say that, that we're all biochemically unique and that um, I do think in the world of gluten, we did a thing about like seed oil versus gluten. What would you choose? Pick your poison. Um, you know, gluten, even on non-celiac, non-inflammatory gluten response, gluten is going to interfere with your gut junction because of the zonulin protein influence of it. And that does make us more susceptible to inflammatory food response. But with that being said, 
sourdough for someone might be a more appropriate option, especially again, if they're using einkorn heirloom sourced grain. Um, And so I think quality is a a piece. I think that a number of ingredients and, and what is the process is something to consider. And then finding a good, better, best so that you can still enjoy and have good food freedom approaches. Totally. And I think just moving away from the reliance on these foods, um, they can be a bridge or, you know, maybe for especially a child or a teenager who you're trying to get off of the standard American diet. Yeah. Better choice to swap the, you know, siete tortilla chips or we do, you know, quesadillas in our household, but they're not a daily staple. I had a client question actually this week, like, oh, do you know like what source of avocado oil they're using in the Siete chips? Because we found a couple years back that avocado oil actually isn't all avocado oil. Yeah. Um, there was some kind of consumer lab testing and, and some of it was um, other seed oils actually added in there. And I'm like, I don't know. And when these brands get, you know, they, they might have come in with a really good purpose of like a replacement product. And the Siete family has a sweet little story on the back of the bag. But when these brands get bigger, 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 and they're and they like, Costco now and they get bought out that quality usually is going to diminish and they still need to make their margins Um, so I don't believe their almonds are organic for example and there's that glyphosate influence and that could be actually what you're experiencing in your joints as well Um, so the more that you can make your own version of these things the better and the less reliance I think and it comes back to that like replace your grains with greens uh, often instead of trying to find a grain alternate to a grain replacement because usually these grain alternates are going to be somewhat processed and like you said like a scapegoat or like a short term or or a infrequent indulgent versus a, a staple for sure All right. I think we did it. Okay. Woo. Well, thank you all for joining us live, those of you that are here. Um, And for other listeners, as always, if you're enjoying the Naturally Nourished podcast, please go to where you're listening to. Leave us a five-star review and two or three things that you enjoy about our podcast. And make sure that y'all don't get FOMO and miss out on our next annual event, which will probably be happening in spring. All right. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.